Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. wonderful couple of hours coming up. I'm looking forward to this time together. Thursdays roll around and we usually try to do guy talk, which we're going to do. We're going to be joined in the studio by the power panel today. It's Brad Johnson and Pastor Tom Brock. Let us know what topics, issues, or things you would like us to discuss. If you've got a passage of scripture or an issue that you've uh, talked about uh, in your men's group or uh, with your friends and you want us to grapple with it. Let us know what that is. 877-933-2484. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That's our goal this hour. We want to um, get wisdom, and we want the knowledge of the Holy One. So we'll take a little break, and we'll start with Guy Talk in just a minute. I'm Neil Stave, a manager of Faith Radio. It's harvest time. And whether it's your fields or orchards or gardens, I hope you had an abundance. Some time ago, I heard David Jeremiah talk about the laws of the harvest. And one point stood out to me. He said, the sower determines the harvest. It's a reminder of what the Bible tells us. If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you'll reap generously. That's true in our gardens and fields, but it's also true in our spiritual life. Our prayer is that you continue to sow into your spiritual life and that you generously invest in the habits and activities that will yield a rich harvest of right living as you grow in your faith. Wise choices today lead to a stronger, abundant faith tomorrow. Now, if Faith Radio is a means to keep you grounded in God's Word and growing in your love for the Lord and has played a part in your spiritual growth, would you sow generously with a gift of support for this ministry? We're grateful for your partnership, and we welcome your gift today at MyFaithRadio.com. All right, we have got Guy Talk underway. I love Thursdays. I love Guy Talk. Brad Johnson, Pastor Tom Brocker in studio. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, usually uh, there are other voices in the studio with us, but uh, not today. So thanks for making time to be with us and to uh, join Guy Talk. So I had breakfast uh, with a mentor of mine this morning, Kerry uh, Humphreys, and he, he had this quote, which he, he wrote himself, and he says, I haven't heard anyone else say it, but here it is. Tell me what your thoughts. Biblical ignorance causes natural man to form his own self-destructive rules. Amen. <laughs> Can't argue with that one. Amen yeah. and amen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think any kind of ignorance, including biblical ignorance, mm-hmm. can can be certainly dangerous. Um, I think my experience is that the more I study, the, the more I understand, uh, and eventually, uh, even though I have an increase in knowledge, eventually then later comes wisdom. Right. When Go ahead, Tom. And I was just thinking, uh, about an hour ago, I was thinking about this. Why do I believe in hell when we've got 
denominations now and liberal pastors that don't believe in hell anymore. It's because I read my Bible every day. Mm. And I, you know, if somebody says they're a Christian, but my loving Jesus wouldn't send anyone to hell, I'd have to ask that person, how often do you read your Bible? Because mm. yep. Jesus says, depart from me, you curse it into the lake of fire. You know, so just, I think that bi- biblical ignorance, I, I made a commitment years ago to read my Bible every day, and I do, and it keeps me from believing strange things. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. There's plenty of strange things to believe. Certainly you hear things and you wonder where people came up with this nonsense, and you realize it probably originated from the father of all lies. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, there's something going around now that I'm hearing that talks about, uh, I think it's called anonymous Christianity, where you're a Christian, you're not even aware you're a you Christian. You just don't know it. You don't know it. Yeah. But don't worry, you'll, you're will you going to heaven. Right. Because God wouldn't send you to, to hell. No. Yeah. Because you're a good person. Yeah. And uh, and again, when the whole denominations start going in that direction that used to be good denominations, it really is grievous. Yeah. Well, I think some of the, there's, I, I think, Part of it is you need to study part of the reason why this happens. And I think some of it, the reason why this happens is is a good intention in the sense that people want to believe the best about others. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a, that's a bad thing. I think that's probably a good thing. But at the same token, um, the flip side of that is that, you know, we don't want to be confronted with our unbelief. We don't want to be confronted with our sin. Mm-hmm. And... None of us do. Yeah. I mean, I think whether you're Christian or not. Yeah, and and you know, when Jesus said in Luke 12, fear him, talking about God, don't fear people, all they can do is kill you. Fear him, God, who can destroy, destroy your body and soul in hell. <laughs> and, you know, why don't? how can you read that and have this marshmallow view that everybody's a Christian and everybody's saved and it just doesn't work? Yeah. It's interesting because when I look at, the conversation Jesus is having with Peter and basically saying, well, who do you say I am? And Peter, Simon Peter says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus says, yes, I am on that. I will build my church. Mm-hmm. And then only a several verses later, mm-hmm. you know, um, he is, uh, you know, rebuking Peter saying, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. How does he, how does he go in four or five verses yeah. from Yes, you know, on that I will build my church to get behind me, Satan. Exactly good, yeah. How does he have that pearl of wisdom and then that understanding that Satan is somehow influencing? Well, the the Reformers were big on a Latin phrase called simul justus et peccator, which means simultaneously saint and sinner. And that when you come to Christ and you're saved, from that day on you will always be a saint and you will always be a sinner till the day you die. Yeah. And if you get get too much, if you don't... It, people, churches that zero in too much on holiness, it, it they'll just drive people to despair because we never make it in this life. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, uh, if other churches, it's all worm theology, I'm just such a, a loser and a sinner, then then people don't go anywhere in their spiritual life because they're just always looking down. So there's a good balance there. Pretty impressive Latin you kind of threw out it's there. It's about the only Latin I know okay. there, Bill. So you've never, you've never really used it much I've beyond that. I've never studied Latin in my whole life. Yeah, okay. And you've probably never been to Latin America would. to use it. I've been to, I've been to Mexico. Okay. <laughs> All right. But it's powerful in, I think it's, it's in uh, Matthew chapter 16, where literally I think it's uh, about six verses apart, where Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. You are a stumbling block to me. Obviously, what was he being influenced by Satan? I mean, what 
What do you understand was going on in that moment? I, I think there's layers of this, and and I think this really actually, oddly enough, is a one of my uh, father's favorite passages. Oh, wow. And the reason why he loved it is he says, I think there's a part of all of us that can relate to Peter in this moment, right? Because, you know, we're doing, we say the right thing, we do the right thing, and then we say the wrong thing, we do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And and they can be, you know, less than five verses apart mm-hmm. in, in our everyday. And I think this is, like you said, Saint Sinner, uh, we're all there. We're all we all have that that natural man, that that carnal man mm-hmm. who, who does the wrong thing, who makes the wrong choices, who 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 is maybe addicted or maybe um, afflicted with something. And then, but we also have that spiritual part of us who 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 can rely on the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes and helps us to say or do the right thing in the right moment in time. Yeah, it's. It's, pain, it's painful, though, to think you can leave a Bible study, a breakfast Bible study, feeling very f- filled in the spirit, and then be cut off in traffic six minutes after you leave the restaurant. And, and say things the, you shouldn't. And have the most horrible feelings mm-hmm. and thoughts in your head. Yeah. And I, I was talking with a, an older Christian recently and just talking about fighting thoughts and temptations. He said, well, you know, uh, that's just life. <laughs> it was kind of a good line that don't get too upset if you're fighting thoughts and temptations, because that's that's not going to stop till we're dead. You know? Well, the default thought is always going to be maybe bad, but you can always choose what your next thought yeah, is. That's right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's the natural. Sing a hymn. Sing a hymn. <laughs> yes, I got a great hymn to sing too, and Rebecca knows it. I asked her if she knew it, and of course she did. Um, I don't, I'm not going to ask you to sing it. <laughs> she just moved the mic. She did, did move the mic. Yeah. I need to be prepared at all times. Yeah, yeah. Really. That's what I learned from you, Bill Arnold. Yeah. Uh-huh. I appreciate that. Thanks. And I'm trying to find the, the beautiful uh, lyrics to it. And you know them by heart, Rebecca, so I should just have you uh, sing it. But it's uh, But you're not going to do that. No, no, no. It's, uh, <laughs> no, no. It's, it's uh, uh, William uh, Cooper. Oh, yeah. And it's there is a fountain oh i can sing that one you can? i love that <laughs> please it's good. please there Tom. is a fountain <laughs> what you guys sing together filled with blood drawn from, from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains Lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains. You know, and then the next verse is even better. Uh, the dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. I mean, there's four or five verses. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know the story of that. I do. Yeah, yeah it's powerful. I, it was, it was Jonathan, John, Ed, John Newton was his pastor. Right. And this guy was one messed up, depressed human being and wrote some of the best hymns in the book. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was uh, left in an asylum uh, and he ended up thinking he was completely nuts and picked up a Bible in the asylum and came to faith in Christ. He was uh, reading Romans uh, 3.25 and he read, uh, you know, Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation for his blood to be received by faith. That mm-hmm. is in Romans 3.25, but that's mm-hmm. what he came to understand. Mm-hmm. And he became uh, converted, and he was um, then a great yeah. poet. I think his mom was a, a relative of John Donne. 
the poet. Really? I know all kinds of there you go. odd facts known well, by few. Well, if you go to, John Piper did a whole hour and a half s- sermon on him. If you go to uh, DesiringGod.org, dot, uh-huh, yeah, and you just punch in uh, William Cooper, C O W C O W P E R P R. You want to say Cowper, but it's Cooper. Cowper, and, yep. and if any if you if anybody struggles with anxiety, especially d- severe depression, this guy had it for yes. lots of his life. Yes. But God will still use you. Yeah, and I appreciate you guys singing. Either our um, listenership increased by 20% or decreased yes. by 20%. I'm not sure what, which one. I can one. look out the window. There's cars that have swerved <laughs> off the road. <laughs> All right, let me take a break. We'll come back. Lots more guide talk. Let us know if there's a topic you'd like us to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. 877-933-2484. You sing solos in church? Welcome back to the show. Guy Talk's underway. Got the ladies coming in the next hour, but guys are here for now. Brad Johnson's in the studio. Pastor Tom Brock. We're just having a lovely time. Thanks for that beautiful harmonizing and singing that went on. What should we was, sing next? You, if you guys got something, you go ahead. But Bill's going to leave the studio. I might, I might go get a cup of coffee if you guys are going to go. All right, my wingman Terry, he wrote in and said, here's a quote for Guy Talk. Uh, Abraham Lincoln said, nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Ooh. Ooh, Yikes. I thought he was going to say, give him a wife. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) No, I think Abraham Lincoln was way too smart for that comment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But you see corruption happening with men uh, all too often. They get a little bit of power. I, you know, it's, um, who was it said, was it Nietzsche said power corrupts an absolute power corrupts absolutely, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we, we see this time and time and time again, uh, in the old Testament, we see it in some of the Kings, we see it in some of, um, uh, <coughs> and, and we see it all through history. I mean, how, how this, this happens. I mean, I was just spending a moment reading, uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn's, uh, um, the Gulaga Archipelago, mm-hmm. and it it talks a little bit about uh, the how Marxism became such a such a horrible thing where people were just you know and it became murderous. People were just killing people that they didn't like, and and all under the auspices of of the fact that you know you were not part of the you know social class. Mm-hmm. whatever that meant. So successful farmers were just murdered and uh, successful businessmen were murdered. And it's, it's, it's a scary thing. And, you know, it, it's a scary thing to think that, that, you know, and that's what, that's what 19, that's less than a hundred years ago. That's a yeah. hundred, hundred years ago in history. And, um, and someone had that power. I mean, I mean, you can blame Lenin and you can blame Stalin and, and ultimately they would be, you know, mm-hmm. the, the top responsible for that. Mm-hmm. But there were certainly a lot of people complicit along the way to be able to do that. And, and I think that kind of cor- power does corrupt people. And I think we see this in politics. I, I'm, I'm very skeptical. When, when a politician says that they are a Christian, 
I tend to be very skeptical of that. And part of it is my understanding and knowing of what power is and how, how people use power. And I feel like if you're a successful politician, and, and this is probably my own prejudice, and I could be wrong. I'm, I'm not going to defend this point of view. But I feel like if you're a politician, you kind of can't really be a Christian. <laughs> Which, now we've lost the audience. Which, which, now they're gone. <laughs> now they're gone. Well, saying we'll tell them politicians can't be and, saved. And, and, and I'm, I'm overstating it a little bit. Just a bit. Uh, but I think, you know, that there's so many compromises to be a successful politician yeah, that I think those compromises are really personally super difficult to negotiate. Well, you see it all the time. I mean, you see politicians that will say, my personal... Oh. Is, I'm personally opposed to abortion, but I'm for every... Who am I to tell somebody they can't that's do it? That's right. Yep. Yeah, and that drives me nuts. Yep. I'm, I'm talking about power, though. Were you done? I'm yeah. sorry. You know, I, it immediately came to mind, my, the, when I was a young preacher, I worked under a senior pastor who was angry, spooky, and alcoholic, and he lied a lot, and he was so into power. Mm. And God didn't use the guy. Very little did I see that man being used. Then I transferred to a different church, worked under a senior pastor, loved the Lord, humble as pie, easy to get along with, and God used him mightily. So people that grab onto their power and make it a big deal, God doesn't use those people. It's, it's Jesus saying the, the greatest person in the kingdom of God is the servant. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the same point. Well, and, you know, uh, I went to Church of the Open Door for many years, and, and Pastor Dave Johnson had a whole series of sermons on power over and power under. Mm-hmm. And he he was talking about how power over is this, you know, this almost like authoritarian power. Yeah. And it becomes this this power trip and fear-based, uh, you know, all of this kind of stuff. But power under looks a lot more like support. And yeah. it, it looks more like love. Mm-hmm. That's right. Got a nice note from a listener named Virginia. Thank you, Virginia, for uh, writing. How about this? To the Bill Arnold Singers. Oh, I like yeah, it. Yeah. We, always, have, we have a name. Let's go on the, the road. Yeah, the Bill Arnold Singers. Let's charge for tickets. Yeah, well, you, my commission's 33 and a third percent, well, so okay. you're going to pay through the nose. You can do your comedy act and we'll sing. No, so here's the deal. She said, I was just singing that amazing hymn along with you, and it brought tears to my eyes. Yeah. I wow. loved it. I didn't even remember that I knew that hymn. Took me straight back to my childhood with the har- harmonies. Thanks for braving it to sing spontaneously on live radio. Oh, that's good. Oh, so nice. I think just for Virginia, we're going to squeak in uh, um, the second uh, verse. <laughs> second At verse. some point, probably when we come back from break, I'll give you guys a I chance to rehearse. Second verse, yeah. <laughs> so the second verse, Virginia, is going to be sung just for you when we come back at 3130 in, in just a little bit. So just so you know, that's something to either look forward to. Um, so nice. All right, let's take you back to uh, the way you deal with criticism. If you uh, get a test, now Brad, you teach, so you, you grade papers? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but just personally, if you get a, a test back and the co- professor's comments are on the front page and the grade is on the back page, do you first look at the professor's comments or do you first look for the grade to see how you did? <laughs> oh, I'm personally. sad. I, personally, I am so sad to admit I look at the grade first. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. And really, most of the time, that's not the meat. You know, that's kind of the, the the flash. But, you know, that when I was in school, I mean, I cared about my grades. Mm-hmm. So that was first. What about you, Tom? Same thing. Yeah. 
Yep. I, w- I would look at the notes afterwards, but I'd look at the grade first. <laughs> yeah. And would that help you interpret the notes, do you think? Oh, I think it would. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. All right, here's a verse out of Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8. It says, uh, keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Yeah. How does that sit with you? Don't don't we always want a little bit more? The the whole verse it goes like this because I think that was edited. It goes, "Give me, Lord, give me neither poverty nor riches, lest I be in hunger and steal and dishonor you, or be full and say, uh, who is the Lord?" Something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's a verse that I force myself to pray periodically because you're praying in that verse not to be made rich. <laughs> Give me neither poverty nor riches. Right. And boy, that's a hard prayer to pray. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you prayed it ever? I have prayed oh, good. it. Good not, for you, not with Tom. joy on my face, but I've prayed it. <laughs> and Brad, same thing? Yeah, you know, I you know, when I when I think of that verse, I, I think, you know, in in a way you could make this as a defense for the middle class, right? You know, mm-hmm. somewhere in somewhere in the middle uh, but you know, the end of it always reminds me of, uh, you remember that little, um, that little daily, uh, daily bread that you, you know, you get it at church and, yeah. you, and you do the daily devotions yeah. and this stuff. So for me, I almost feel like the daily bread is not just the, you know, the physical bread, but that daily little, that, that little trip into the word and trip into prayer mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah. Listener named Mike said, what is uh, what's a humble pie? Pie. Yeah. But people eating humble pie. I don't know how where that came from. Yeah, I don't know the origin of that either. No, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I suppose when you're corrected. Yeah, you're eating humble pie. You're, you're, you you realize that you've made an error and mm-hmm. you're admitting to it. And with that comes a yeah. little bit of a bruising of your humility, huh? Yeah, yeah a li- little bruising of the ego, which, you know, for someone like me, I think that, that I need that on a regular basis, you yeah. know, yeah. because it's easy to be prideful and, and self-righteous and mm-hmm. pharisaical. Yeah. Another listener jumped in, uh, Darby. Thanks for uh, writing the show. Love the show. Question, is Adam in heaven? I think he is because God clothed him, continued to love him and show mercy, gave, if you believe the the verse of, if you believe the verse of uh, you will bruise him on the head, Eve, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, I, I think we'll see him in heaven. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't see anything that says he won't be in heaven. So... I think so, too, but the really great thing about this is God's the judge and we're not. Amen. All right. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to have uh, verse 2 of the Fountain of Blood. Mm, yeah. You better get ready there, Tom. La, 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 la. Yeah. You warm your pipes up during the break. Not now while I'm trying to speak. And, Rebecca, you get your pipes ready, too. We're going to do uh, aye, verse 2. Aye, Captain. Uh, yeah. Let us know if you want us to... Uh, deal with any uh, concern, issue, or comment, or maybe you've got a great quote that you... Or another hymn they'd like us to sing. Or another hymn you'd like us to sing. We're all open to any and all. 877-933-2484. And thanks for listening. Brad Johnson, Pastor Tom Brock. It's pastorstudy.org, right, Tom? That's right. Pastorstudy.org. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. wsp.edu slash info.
All right, welcome back to the show. It's time for uh, verse two. As I promised. Verse two of what, Bill? What do you think, Tom? Of <laughs> William this, Cooper's. William Cooper's. There, there is, is a, a fountain, fountain filled, filled with blood. With blood. You start. The dying thief rejoiced to see that, that fountain, fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Wash all my sins away. Wash all my sins away. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. The other verses are great, too. They're outstanding. Go ahead and read them there, Bill. Uh, Dear dying lamb, thy precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransomed ones of God be saved to sin no more. Mm -hmm. And then the one about the lisping tongue. When this poor lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave, then in a nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing thy power to save. Yeah. I love that hymn. You don't write them like that anymore, Bill. I don't. They don't. That's a great, nice job, have, by the way. Yep. Yeah, thank thank you. you so much, uh, both of you. you did thank a great you, Brad, job. for the baseline. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, that was that was interesting, Brad. I that was never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what were you going to say, Tom? I, I'm, I'm biting my tongue because I am too much into what's called negative humor. <laughs> <laughs> His sardonic wit was going to take over. <laughs> I stop myself. <laughs> yeah. All right. Recently, there was, uh, you know, a, a misuse of a scripture verse when you talk about Micah six eight to um, uh, walk humbly before God and all that verse. People will sometimes use that to say we have to um, we have to do justice. Yes. We have to. If, and the verse really says you need to walk humbly before God. Yes. What so, does the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to walk humbly with thy God? Mm-hmm. And because I have had a lot of experience in at liberal Lutheran conventions, that the theme of social justice, they, they take that verse and things like that and make it so you have to be for GLBT rights, mm-hmm. that's a justice issue. Some people are in the abortion rights because that's a justice issue. And they take it all kinds of places that poor Micah never would have taken it. Never. Uh, let me read the entire verse, Mark, Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? Mm-hmm. And to me, to walk justly means we don't kill unborn children. But for some reason, to people, to walk justly means I have to have that right. See, it's, it's just, so you got to let the God in the Bible define what justice is. You don't do that out of your own noodle, or you just get what we've got in America today. Mm-hmm. A listener has jumped in with a question. Oscar says, if you can save only one person and you have a 7-year-old and a 77-year-old, who do you save? What's the biblical answer? That's a tough one. Hmm. I, I would I, I could save them both just because that's me. <laughs> I'll figure out a way to do both. You jump and say you both could stay in. I'm right, going. right. I don't know that there is a biblical I don't think answer there is to that. Either. I think he's messing with us. Yeah. Yeah, I think he is yeah. too. But thanks, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good. No, I appreciate that. Um, you know, we're always in a situation where 
uh, we're confronted with decisions that we always have to make every day. And, you know, I wonder sometimes when you're in a counseling situation with a friend and you don't know what the answer is, do you feel ill-equipped or do you feel inadequate? Or is there a difference between those two? I think feeling inequipped is about not having the knowledge. Yeah. Ill-equipped yep. is about not having the knowledge um, or maybe the understanding to be able to do it. And feeling inadequate, I think, is more of an internalized feeling that you might have. And I think, um, and I think both have their place in our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's really great. God, God uses our inadequacies all the time. Scripture is filled with stories about inadequate people and God using them in really wonderful and mm-hmm. amazing ways. I mean, the story you read previously about uh, Peter, you know, he was, you know, he said, on this rock, I'll build my church. Peter made a declarative statement and Jesus responded in a way. And then he said, then get behind me, Satan. So, um, you know, and that's the inadequacies, the actual true inadequacies of Peter in that, in that moment. Uh, but the cool thing about being ill-equipped is that you can you can actually fix that through study. And I guess as an educator, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'll step into that as like, yeah, you know, if you don't know something about something, research it. Find mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. Find the truth. And uh, the truth will set you free mm-hmm. when you find it. Of course, Moses going to God, you know, send somebody else. Yeah. Not me. Uh, well, and I was going to add that. Were you? What yeah. if you're not gifted in counseling, which I'm not? I've, yeah. I've counseled enough people to know this is not my strong suit. So <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I can do some of it. Yeah. But if they want long-term, really good counseling, I, put, I send them somewhere else, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, to somebody who's gifted at it. Well, and I think it's great to know your own limitations. Yeah. <laughs> Kendall Clint Eastwood. A man's got to know, know his limitations. limitations. <laughs> Okay, whose version of Clint Eastwood? Who did a better impression? <laughs> yeah. Let's sing. Yeah. Text Clint Eastwood in. sings. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Oscar texted back in and said, that's right, with the hope of Jesus, he can save them both. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he wasn't messing with well, us. He go. was just throwing out, having some fun. Uh-huh. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think there's a, a, a tendency that men have, and I will just say that from my friends that I talk to and people that I've known most of my life, that sense of inadequacy is semi-torturous <laughs> I don't I don't feel I have yeah. I don't feel like I can help this person yeah 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 and I th- but I think sometimes in that moment you actually can help the person and you need to pray for guidance from the Holy yes, Spirit that's right too both of them are true yeah mm-hmm. because yeah. God completely uses your inadequacies amen. all the time amen Listener jumped in, inadequacy is tied to ability versus the other is tied to access to tools and more information. Hmm. Smart listeners around here. She might want to just, you know, become one of your PR people at University of Northwestern. (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) Selling education. I like that. Um, All right. Let's, uh, I'm going to ask you guys about, um, about winning debates. And I don't know if you guys are debaters. Do you like to get into uh, debates uh, with people? Okay, so, Tom, you're going to say yes just by no, your grunting. No, 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 no. Oh, wait, you're saying <laughs> no by your grunting. Nay. Okay. Listen, years ago I had a, I had a Christian talk program on a, another Christian radio station here in the Twin Cities. Okay. 
And they wanted How me dare to, you talk about well, any other radio station <laughs> when you come and, on and this program? I had no idea what I was saying <laughs> yes to, but some pastor wanted to do a debate on uh, Seventh-day Sabbatarianism, whether we should really be worshiping on Saturday instead of Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, they wanted to do it as a promotion for their radio show. And so at First Baptist Church, downtown Minneapolis, they were going to bring all these people together. And I was going to do the traditional that, yeah, you can worship on Sunday and you're not violating Scripture. And he was, whoa, you better worship on Saturday or you're violating Scripture. It was, for me, it was absolutely miserable. And because this guy, this was his one pony. I mean, he had, this was his life to defend uh, Saturday worship over Sunday worship. And me, I just kind of stumbled in. I did a lot of prep work, and I went there fairly well prepared by the grace of God. And it was an interesting night for the people, but I sure didn't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, appreciate your honesty. Uh-huh. So, okay, Christians need both conviction and compassion, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we, need to, we need to be involved. Debates are sometimes inevitable, and we need to stay equipped and ready to be involved but we need to have conviction and compassion. Yeah. When you enter them, what what side shows up more than the other? Are you more on the conviction or more on the compassion? You know, for me personally, God is teaching me about the compassion side. I think, you know, one of the things my wife said to me years ago, she said, you know, you've got great things to tell the children, but she said you could, you know, you could be a little more compassionate mm-hmm. about it, you know, and she was right about that. Because, you know, I wanted to be, you know, well, here, here's the answer. I know the answer. Here it is, blah, 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 blah. Here's the list. You got to do this. You got to do that. And and blah, blah, blah. And, it, and that was, you know, that was natural for me to be like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, she has helped me, among others, to, to actually be a lot more compassionate when I, when I approach people. And I think, too, being older, you know, I'm an old guy now, and uh, being older actually helps to kind of kind of rough those edges you know kind of round those edges a little bit because you know you have a lot more experience and you've made more mistakes and you have more empathy you have more compassion so i think you know compassion is 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 really warranted in fact i had i had some brothers that once actually confronted me about my inability to to um actually talk in a loving way to people whom i love mm-hmm. And boy, that was a hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's something that God's been working with me on. I yeah, th- I'm better at it. I'm still learning. Yeah. And and Paul says Timothy, correct your opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance and lead and, them to their senses. Yeah. So that so, they can escape the trap of the devil. You know that verse, Bill. Oh, I love that verse. And, Who has and, taken them captive to do His will? There you go. Those are scary words. And but notice the words with gentleness, not with a sledgehammer. Right. Correct your opponents with gentleness. And I, what I I think you win. The, you know, there's the old saying: you can win the argument and lose the soul. Mm-hmm. You, you when you go into a debate like that, you want to make sure you're humble, loving, clear, but humble and loving. And your goal is not to win the argument, but to win this person to Christ. Mm-hmm. A listener jumped in, how do you know you are saved? If you really believe in your heart, but there is no fruit at all, it's for years, in fact, bad fruit. Your life is a mess. So, dear bi- compassion I, on this, brother. I, I think, well, I think if you have absolutely no fruit, then you're not saved. We're, we're saved by grace alone, 
but grace never is alone. It always changes your life to a degree. Mm-hmm. We still sin daily in thought, word, and deed. Mm-hmm. But I was just reading James today about the importance of works. And if there's no evidence you're saved, you're not saved. We're saved by grace alone. And amen. Hallelujah. Yes. But it always, so you are saved. If you're, if, you are saved by grace alone. Yes. 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 Period. And, and Period. Sentence. Not by good works. Full stop. M- not by good works. Right. Um, because if you're 89 years old and you're saved in your nursing home mm-hmm. and all you do is lay in bed all day, what's, what's your fruit? You have your no fruit. fruit. Ch- you, there would be fruit. What the fruit would, be? would be you'd start praying. Oh, of start, course. You know, there, there would be change of life if the 89-year-old really got saved. You might not go out and win 300 people to Christ, right. but your life would change right. to a degree. But my response to him, it'd be that he has been saved. He believes in his heart. Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing his inheritance. Mm-hmm. And if there's no fruit in your life, you might be in a very dormant phase. And yeah, that could be too. But I, I would, I just think we need to, for if, if he's these, one of these people who condemns himself too much and look, I still sin, so therefore I'm not saved, then yeah, he needs to hear what you just said. Mm-hmm. If he's the kind of person where, hey, I prayed the prayer 20 years ago, haven't been in church since, but hey, I got my ticket, that's the person we got to preach um, faith without works is dead. Right. So, well, yeah, I just want to be encouraging because there's certainly going to be when people's lives get uh, messy mm-hmm. and they are going to get messy if they feel that they are overwhelmed and are not um, as fruitful as they'd like to be. Well, I mean, we don't produce fruit. God hangs fruit on us. We're fruit hangers. Mm-hmm. That's all we do. And God hangs fruit yeah. on us. But if we're totally self-consumed and make no time for anybody, how can God hang fruit on our on our branches? I think that's always difficult for everyone. I, you know, one of my favorite quotes from Billy Graham is that, uh, you know, someone was asking this question, well, is this person going to heaven or is this person going to heaven? And he says, you know, the great thing uh, about uh, salvation is it's available to all and God, God is their judge and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's my job to just do what God wants me to do, which Mm -hmm. is preach the gospel in his case. And, and And it is okay to ask yourself, am I saved? That's not as Paul said, test yourself to see whether you are in the faith. So nothing's wrong with that. Um, our only assurance that we're saved is uh, the promises of, of grace through Christ. Um, but again, once you're saved by grace, it does change your life. And it doesn't, if, if there's no change in your life, you got to wonder if you're saved. Certainly, that's that's you know that's logical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we take a little break. We'll be back. More guide talk. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for your comments and your questions. We got a couple more. We're going to tackle when we come back. Again, uh, Brad Johnson, Pastor Tom Brock, and myself will be right back. Guy Talk. Awfully glad to be uh, having Brad Johnson and Pastor Tom Brock in the studio. We're so, awfully glad to be guys well, and that you. we can talk. Yes, uh, it's nice to be guys. That, that works good. Talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is an unfinished project in your life, whether it be in your personal life or your home? Are you? Is it easier for you to start a project or to finish a project? Oh, wow. 
Mm. Oh, boy. Wow. Here comes the heavy stuff. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, saving the heavy stuff for the end. Just talking to my wife this morning about how I haven't finished the garage project. How long has that been, Brad? I, it feels like a couple millennia. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> so you had no problem starting it. I can start them. Yeah. Just but couldn't fi- finish it. If finishing is hard. Why? Why? Right. What's the hang-up on finishing? You know, there's so many interruptions to life, you know, um, uh job, work, church, kids, you know, all of it. And, um, you know, and then there's another project that starts before, you know, and then you've got another, you got another project to do it. So it's just, um, and you know, it, it just comes to time management. And I, I see this all the time with my students too. You know, it's like, well, I got, I got enough time to do this project, but I can't do that project. And I said, well, you got it. You got to choose. Is there anything more exhausting than the thought of an incompleted task? <laughs> Isn't it exhausting to have to think about the garage, Brad? It, it, it can be, um, <laughs> it, 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 and it is. But the, I'm really good at just ejecting it out of my mind. I get it. I get you it. You know, and, uh, and you know, it's this kind of lifelong pattern. You know that, and I, th- and we're all, uh, we all do these in varying degrees. I mean, but you know, my wife is. Johnny on the spot, you know, start it early, get it, get it finished. And, and I tend to be more of a, well, I want to think about it for a little bit and then I want to do it and, ah, eh, that wasn't working. I want to do it a different way. You want to tinker. Yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, kind of my nature, you know, so I, mm-hmm. I have to fight that nature to get the project done. Mm-hmm. And you, Tom? You know, I went on a retreat years ago with the, the church staff and you had took a little test on what's important to you. <laughs> Number one for me was having fun. <laughs> and, and you know what surprised me? It wasn't the number one priority of everybody else on our staff. I thought everybody was like that. I mean, aren't we supposed to enjoy life? And and so the reason I don't start, I don't want to build a garage. <laughs> I, I don't want to, you know, people that move every five years because they want to build a new house. Mm-hmm. What a way, I'm sorry, what a waste of life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that takes up all your time and energy. I'd rather live simple, serve the Lord, and not start a lot of tasks. (laughs) That's my life. So there you go. I've lived in the same house for 31 years. Wow. Yeah. So any unfinished projects at the house? Uh, Actually, I just got done with one. So uh, not much. Okay. I'm trying to get to a point. It was only Jesus (laughs) that on the cross said, it is finished. Oh, there you go. I mean, what a complete, and and only he could say, it is finished, because we'll all probably go to our, our graves with things that we should have done, mm-hmm. wanted to do, didn't quite get done. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a haunting thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit. It, a little bit. Again, it, it can kind of hang over you. And, and, you know, but hopefully, you know, I, we die with our boots on, right? I mean, I hope we're in the middle of doing something and we're good enough to be able to have projects. Yeah. To be able to... to good projects. Yeah. Good, good projects to be yeah. involved in, whatever those are. Yeah. But not dumb projects that are just a dumb waste of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that, I mean, I, again, having fun's a big deal to me. So, a fair amount of my time is doing stuff that's not going to matter for eternity. <laughs> but I better have some stuff mattering for eternity in my life. You know. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's something I'm sure is is a um, a point of contention for a lot of relationships, and there's a lot of people that have a difference of how things should be done. And you know, Brad, if you're at person that likes to tinker. Um, I get that, you know, because halfway through the project, you might want to re-strategize how you're going to end up 
yeah. doing it and what you want to do differently. Yeah. So you have to go into your think tank for a while. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, six months have passed and it's still unfinished. Well, and you know, and it, the problem is for me, I, a lot of it in, ends up with good intentions. For instance, I was uh, redoing our bathroom on the first floor uh, because of some damage, tore out the wall, looked at, there's a space in there and I'm like, you know what? I could access this area and put Ethernet all the way through my house. <laughs> okay, so yeah. B- Bill knows where this is going. I know where right? this is going. <laughs> so I did that, you know, pulling Ethernet through. That took me six, seven, eight months, you know, working part-time weekends and evenings. And, boy, you know, there's a space here behind there. I could put a safe in this area. So, you know, all that, and that, so that took another three weeks. And, and you know, all of a sudden the... The bathroom project, which was going to take, you know, three months, is took two years. Oh, my. You know, because all these things. And it's it's called project creep, and we deal with it all the time in, in everything that we do. But, um, you know, one of the things I've had to learn to do is to manage project creep. How, how, do you, how do you not make the project larger than the intention, the original intention? And, and I'll defend myself saying the, the only time I could get that cable through is when that wall was open. You know, so I was, if I was going to do it, it was going to do it then or it was never going to be done. <laughs> and that's, that's true. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I meanwhile. Know, I don't even know what that is. What's Ethernet? You don't know what Ethernet is? No. Is that where you put music in your house? No. What is no. it? It's a data, you know, it's where you plug your computers into oh. the wall. <laughs> okay. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you can think of in your life that it punctuates the speed at which life is going or how much uh, life has already passed you? I mean, we're, we're still young men. Young men. Here's, here's what it is for me. I will sometimes see an old black and white photo. And, you know, here's downtown Minneapolis in 1936. And I zoom in on the picture and I see, you know, a guy in a car and a couple walking down the street. And I go... They're all gone. Mm-hmm. They're all me too. Gone. Mm-hmm. Or you watch, you know, these new TV channels like Buzzer that shows you all the old TV shows, like yeah. like the the Match Game okay. and Password, yeah. and you're watching these from the 1980s. A lot of yeah. them, and all the people are dead. Yeah, but there's something about black and white photos. Yeah. You know, <laughs> historical photos. Yeah. You know, and you realize, look at people in this picture going about their day. Yeah. And they were important people with important things. Important people you know, meeting other people, things to do, but they're all gone now. Mm-hmm. So what's important? What matters at the end of the day? Are you right with God? Have Amen. you gotten right with Jesus? And I've got a plaque on my wall. I got it. A, it's an old plaque from a garage sale. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Mm-hmm. Another great old hymn. Is that a hymn? That's a hymn. Oh, I never sang that one. Yeah. It's an huh. old hymn. Oh. Rebecca can probably sing it. Hit it, Rebecca. Do you know that's that one? That's the one I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. But I'm looking it up right now because I love that quote. <laughs> but it's it's interesting what uh, what punctuates life for you. You know, um, yeah. I used to love going to movies. I don't go to movies anymore. Hmm. Are you a movie guy still, Tom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You read once in a while. Yeah. I don't. I, I watch them. I watch the old classic films. Yeah. I don't. I go to movies still, but I try to be careful. Yeah, they don't respect or reflect my values. I mean, no, I, know. I was certainly <laughs> when I was younger, I used to go watch a James Bond movie and go, "Oh, this is cool." And now I just it's, no, like, it's so like ridiculous. Let's fast forward through this. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. When I, I was working on a project not too long ago, 
and uh, everybody was was busy and they said uh let let's let's go to you know we got done with the shoot and he said let's let's go to see a movie and it was uh, one of those marvel movies um and i was kind of tired I, I fell asleep in my chair yeah <laughs> you know that and and everybody should know about pluggedin.com if you're if yeah. you're going to go see a new movie Go there first, look and see how many times they use Jesus Christ as a swear word, because I'll say 25 times, yeah, and, you know and not 100 to go. times the F word, then you know not to go. Yep, yep. It's called PluggedIn.com. Yeah, I used to talk to Adam Holtz on the line all the time. Yeah. He's, a, he's one of the critics, one of the reviewers. Anyway, that wraps up Guide Talk. That's uh, all for now. Uh, Brad Johnson, Pastor Tom Brock, thanks for coming in and being part of Guide Talk. Thank thanks. you. It's been a fun hour. Thanks for the singing. Rebecca, you guys did great. You guys want to sing us out? Um, <laughs> you guys there's could, that music, Bill. Although I did find the that hymn that you're talking about, yeah, it's well, you, called "Only One Life." Only one life. Oh, really? You've got 35 yeah, I'm seconds. Looking it up. <laughs> you got 35 seconds. Hit it, Rebecca. Hit it, Rebecca. <laughs> Only one life for Jesus. Twill soon be past. Only one life for Jesus. Forever will last. Something like that. I like it. Yeah. Thanks. I can bring back Eric Clapton. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's True our guitar music. Yeah. There you go. All right. That wraps up Guy Talk. Thanks for participating today. I loved having you on board. And we'll be back with the amazing and beautiful Queens of the Roundtable coming up in the next hour. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.